Hello and welcome back to the Handstand Cast with me, Emmett Lewis. And unfortunately, this week, my coffee and hatred filled co-host, Mikhail Christiansen, is not with us because he is currently setting up and prepping for his show, Vault, with his company right way down. So, I'm uh, rolling a solo show this week and, yeah, so as usual, I think I really need to record Mikhail saying, how's it going? And then I can go, how's it going? But anyway, how's it going, Emmett? Uh, it's going pretty good. We are in the middle of a heat wave in Ireland. So for those of you who don't know, that probably means the temperature is probably about 20 degrees. I think it's actually about 30 at the moment. But uh, yeah, so my Irish constitution is not handling it too well. Basically sitting here in my underwear, sweating, absolutely sweating all the time. My dog, Albus, is... Uh, Functionally, just basically finding the coldest spot to sleep in. He's been sleeping on the bathroom tiles. And yeah, other than that, it's pretty good. Other than that, the evenings are very nice. We've been out walking and doing other things such as that. So yeah, something's bad, something's good. It's the rule of Ireland anyway. Like No matter what the weather is, you have to complain about it. Really nice and temperate. Oh, it's fierce mild. Uh, it's cold and raining. Oh my God, it's raining in Ireland. Oh, it never happens. Yeah, basically... Anyway, so I thought I'd uh, diverge from our normal content, though not really, and I'm going to do a bit of my own sort of speciality, I suppose, or one of them anyway, and talk about handstands as an awareness or meditative practice. And this is one of the things I'm very interested in, and it's kind of, uh, how to describe it, it's one of these things like a lot of people say, oh, handstands is a meditation practice and other stuff, and it's like, well, yes, no, and maybe. And I think a lot of people, you know, there is what I would say handstands are very good as a vehicle for an awareness practice. But at the same time, they are not in and of themselves a practice. So we can actually look at the technical key points that we want to do. So meditation in some ways is like it's a very free practice. But at other times, it's a very technical practice. And in the school I'm a teacher in, so I'm a teacher in a school of Taoism called uh, Bamen Dashwan, eight, great, eight Gates Leading to the Great Mystery, it translates as, with my teacher, Sir Jorge. And meditation, like, we are searching for this thing called Ziran in Taoism called natural. And it has this kind of, you know, we have this idea of Wu Wei and just non-acting or and it's kind of wrong the way it's presented. It got presented a lot and muddled up by Alan Watts a lot in the West, and then that kind of trickled down. Uh, we have this idea that we want to be natural and spontaneous, but at the same time, it's not just natural as in like I kind of flopped out and I'm a child running around and I have no thing. It's more a trained natural that we're taking apart all the parts of the human making them as best we can and then letting them infuse into our life so we get rid of a lot of things and that's kind of it's a practice of like if you look at the greater sort of traditions and other stuff it's like in Taoism we have this idea of like getting rid of all the stuff and then just letting the best of us come out getting rid of all the stuff and then in Confucianism they have the idea of like the perfecting your moral virtues to allow things. Same end goal, but different ways of going about it. And then we also have Buddhism as well, which I'll get a bit onto later on. 
But we find that like to find this naturalness, we have to have a very technical practice to start with that allows, basically gets rid of all the things in the way of our naturalness, lets us experience it, and then we let it infuse in. There's a very good story I like by one of the Taoist sages, uh, Shung Tsai, about, uh, I'm going to have to paraphrase, I'm not reading it here, and he's talking to someone, it's like, uh, I'm talking to a fisherman, I think, it's the story of the fisherman story, it's like, when you have uh, caught the fish, the the net is the net or the fishing pole doesn't matter anymore. And, uh, you know, when you have grasped the meaning of the words, then the words are not important. Now, the funny bit, there's always a funny bit in Shungsai, is like, now, find me a man who has uh, forgotten all his words so we can have a good conversation. So this is what we're getting at in today's. We're going to craft a very technical form of practice that we can use as a handstand practice and then we can have some experiences from this and then we can hopefully try and replicate it in our day-to-day life and we kind of this kind of goes to uh yeah it's this idea of the four postures and meditation of the buddha it's like they have lying sitting standing and walking and it kind of like Yes, you can meditate in these things, but also what he's kind of getting at is that you could eventually be in a meditative state, concentration state or other state all the time in your daily life. So this is kind of what he's getting at, that we can kind of practice them in these ways and then transfer over. And if that kind of, you know, makes sense, we already have these four postures in our handstand practice normally. You know, we have lying on the floor for alignment drills and stuff like that. We have uh, sitting down between our handstands to look at images on Instagram or TikTok. We have standing on our hands, obviously. Then you have walking over to get your phone when you have uh, checked the videos you've shot. So they're already there in some ways, but you're probably just not actually paying attention. Now, this is a bit tongue-in-cheek, obviously. But paying attention in this involves a few things. So we're going to get some definitions first, and then we will try and uh, put it together. So first we have two modes of attention that we can think of, two big modes. We have focused attention, where we are focusing on an object, something. And Generally, we can only hold one object in our focus, in our attention at all times. We see this in multitasking, we see this in research and everything, people don't multitask, do things at once, they switch tasks very quickly. Uh, we have the same thing in handstands where we could be focusing in on one detail, like am I focusing on my placement of my hands, am I focusing on my foot, this kind of thing. Then we also have our peripheral awareness, where we're kind of aware of our surroundings or aware of kind of the atmosphere going on. And we can, basically, we can also think of these as like focused vision and peripheral vision as well. We have our peripheral vision and we have our focused vision. So in handstands, this kind of general peripheral awareness is one where we are kind of generally aware when balancing, but not doing anything else, if that makes sense. So we already have these states of concentration. Then for us in mindfulness, if we're talking about technical mindfulness and not neuromindfulness, uh, technical mindfulness 
is the balance between these two concentrations where I am 50% in one and 50% in the other. And if I can find that balance, then it kind of will allow awareness to come up. Awareness, we could think of, is... uh, How to describe it? Awareness is basically the screen that your thoughts, comments, judgments, visualizations, memories, and everything are practiced on. It is the space between these things, and it is ever-present. It is present when you're awake. It is present when you're asleep. It is basically you. And we can think of this as a room. We could have a room, and we could put all our kind of our thoughts, and that's the chairs and the tables, our experiences, our memories, you know, all the furniture in the room. But there's still something else in the room. And in this room, the awareness would be the space in the room. So we have this kind of thing. And what we're trying to get is the state where we reach stillness. And stillness means where our thoughts are not jumping from thought to thought, comment to comment, judgment to judgment, judgment to comment, all this kind of thing, scanning around that we're trying to make everything become still and let see what's there. Now, it's one of these things that's very simple, but it's very kind of misunderstood. We see this in mindfulness practices and more neuro-mindfulness, I suppose, which is the kind of Western secularized version of mindfulness. What I have a lot to say on about that, but I'll probably hold off on doing it, where most of the time they kind of mix these concepts up and they're like, oh, focus on your breathing, pay attention to your breathing. Well, that's not really mindfulness by our terms. That's focused awareness. Go for a walk in the woods and just kind of be aware of the wind in the trees and the general ambience. Oh, that's peripheral awareness. So what we're trying to do is find some way to balance these two awarenesses in our practices so then we can turn our handstand training into a kind of an alchemical alembic to uh, allow this state of mind to make itself clear. And it's kind of, the way I would describe it, it's like tuning a radio to a certain frequency. We, It's always kind of there. You know, some people would say we're kind of shifting from thought to other thought to other thing, maybe 10 times a second or something like this. And it's those kind of gaps that we're looking for. At the same time, we're trying to find stillness. And one of the interesting things and why meditation has a lot of static seated postures and very kind of formal postures is we can use these postures, these stillness of the body to artificially restrain the mind. That if we can find this perfect moment of stillness in the body where everything is kind of not moving then we can occur a thing called a dissolution. And the dissolution will also help cause space in the thoughts. So it's kind of one of these things, like if you were to sit down and sit completely still, it's one of the things we do as a meditation practice is like literally not move move anything. Sit down, completely still. Tongue's not allowed to move around. Your feet are not allowed to fidget. Your eyes have to stay completely fixed where they are. It's incredibly difficult, and you'll find the body gets incredibly uncomfortable with it because this kind of static stillness begins to uh, create a tension which forces things to kind of start popping out to kind of disturb the state. 
So we can try and find this for a very brief time in our handstand. And once we've found it, you are already there because it's like tuning a radio. You've heard the song you want to find. Now you just have to play with the dial a bit. So it's that kind of thing we are looking for. And it's kind of what goes back to all these kind of meditations masters say. It's like you're already enlightened and you're already attained, whatever these kind of things mean, perfected, one with God, whatever your preferred terminology is. You just don't know it. And that's kind of it. It's like, oh, we make this state appear and then we kind of try and replicate it. So I hope everyone's kind of following along so far. So what I'm going to talk about now is kind of how we turn our practice of handstands into either a technical meditation practice to let this state make itself apparent or how if you're already trying to make it, how you could probably find some tips and tricks and other stuff that will help you basically find it again or enhance what you're already doing. So the first thing we need to do in our practices, basically get rid of distractions. This means put your phone away for the time you're going to do it, 15, 20, 30 minutes, whatever, whatever you prefer to think. So no phone, get rid of the phone. That's the first thing because the phone basically robs your attention and distractions, books, whatever, they rob your attention because they make you do something that isn't trying to find it. And in between all your sets, you're just going to sit down. And you're just going to, you know, you could sit in a classic meditation posture. You could sit in a chair. You could just sit on the floor. It doesn't really matter because we're just trying to basically get rid of distractions and just get rid of it. The next thing we need to do is notice that we have in our head, we have this voice. And it may manifest as a kind of audio voice, that kind of subtext when you're reading and you kind of hear yourself reading along to yourself in your head. Or it might be a more general kind of thing that presents images or stuff. Everyone thinks differently, and it's not just the same for everyone. But in this voice, what we call the narrator, it does two things. It comments on stuff and it judges stuff. And this is the kind of, it is what we would term the mental mind. And the mental mind is not the true self or the true thing, or it's not the awareness. It's just the thing that, it's basically this thing that's very useful for living in the world. And you don't want to get rid of it because, you know, you need to be able to logically dissect things and comment and judge. But at the same time for this, we need to begin to note when we are commenting and judging and we can kind of hijack this when we're sitting between our sets. When we judge our set, good or bad, we can go, oh, judgment. I could just label it a judgment. I can note it as a judgment. I could start commenting, you know, narrating. The narrator is also narrates things like, oh, now I'm doing my handstand practice. And, you know, next I'm going to go shopping and I'll buy this, I'll buy that, blah, blah, blah. So we can also kind of label these and the labeling of them will stop them quite quickly because it's an acknowledgement of it. It's like, oh, I'm judging. Boom, it'll stop. Something else will pop up. It's not going to be completely still. But at the same time, by doing this, we basically break that tr the thought tree or the thought chain that forms out of this. So this is what you're going to do between your sets. You are going to... Uh, obviously, if you're doing this, you probably need to be able to hold handstands for 20, 30, 60 seconds kind of quite comfortably. If you're still struggling to balance and not getting there, it's going to be harder to do. But at the same time, it doesn't mean it's going to be impossible. 
So, you know, this is the first thing. So between our sets, we've gotten rid of our phone, we've got rid of our distractions, and we are also beginning to label our thoughts and other things that come up. So we can also begin to label or comment just to slow down when we have a physical sensation as well. It's like, oh, I'm sitting down, I notice my foot. Physical. So we kind of have this kind of thing. We can go comment, narration, judgment, physical. And you can see how fast your thoughts or presentations to the mind will be occurring. And it can be very quick or it can be very slow, depending on what sort of state you're on. Uh, yeah. So the first thing we need to do as well, what I would call step minus one, is you need to engage with this practice with sincerity. And sincerity means you just do the practice as I'm presenting. And you don't want to comment or compare because this is a form of mental ownership. And obviously, you know, you have to treat the practice as the practice and do the practice and see what happens. Whereas if you're already performing this mental ownership, it's like, oh, meditation doesn't work for me. Oh, this is just like this I have seen in a yoga class. Maybe it is. Maybe it's the exact same. But you don't want to do this because this mental ownership will depower the practice and create expectations of what you think may happen. And if you are thinking, it means you're into this commenting, narrating, or judging. And this is what we kind of want to avoid. So this practice is incredibly technical and you kind of want to master the steps as you go on and as you get through the steps then you can add in a next one and a next one and a next one and hopefully you'll attain an experience from this that you can then translate to when you're sitting or when you notice that you're in this state then you'll be like oh that was that state so it's kind of it's nice because because the handstands are so brief, but the practice can make it kind of force it to emerge or make it very clear that once you have it, then you kind of can be aware of when you're in it and where when you're not in it. It's probably more that you're aware when you're not in it because if you're really in this state, it's very, you obviously can't comment because you lost the ability to comment. Not lost it, but it doesn't really exist or doesn't really come to the forefront never really goes away. That's the kind of thing. The trap of meditation. Sit down and stop your thoughts. The classic. Okay, I'll just sit there. Okay, yeah, done. Am I, I'm thinking about not thinking. Blah. Anyway, so, yeah, we kind of want to, it's not going to stop, but it's the, the uninvolvement we're looking at to see that these things get projected. There's something behind it. So, anyway, as I said, basically... We want to get rid of our phone. We have no music on, no filming, just you and the floor, your favorite piece of floor. And, you know, lock the door. Don't let people come in and have a chat while you're doing it, this kind of thing. So in Taoist philosophy, we have this idea of that humans is situated between heaven and earth, sky and earth, the material and the immaterial. And what this means on one level is that we are kind of, the human body exists as a physical body, obviously, and then we also have our thoughts and all these kind of things that are immaterial. We can't dissect a thought out of someone as of yet, and we can't, like, yeah, that kind of thing. So 
we want to basically, we have this idea of there's an equal importance of the body, the breathing, and the mind. And with this, we want to emphasize the verticality of our line. And what this means at beginning is we want to basically make a gentle but consistent stretch across the whole body. We want to make it as long and as tall as possible, but at the same time, it has to be stretching in two directions at once. So this is this kind of thing of like, it's I'm pushing my shoulders up to where my line would be, but at the same time, I'm also pulling them down. I'm reaching my toes up, and they're going as high as possible. My hands are sinking into the ground as hard as they can. You'll notice you get this. You know, you can practice this by itself by stretching your fingers away, just standing up and holding your hands up at chest level. Stretch the fingers away as far as you can, and then stretch the arm backwards for them. You'll notice it'll generate a stretch from the fingertips all the way to the back of the shoulder and all the way along the sheet of the arm. It's the same thing we want to get for this because by connecting the body in this way, it begins to help us fill in the gaps of our sensory awareness. So instead of having a a general sense of the body, we kind of and that might have some gaps. The thing we will be able to uh, able to connect the body and find that it's a whole unit. It's a more interesting thing. It's kind of using the fascia and connective tissue and sinews as a means by putting the stretch on them it gives that awareness and allows our awareness to sink into the body more uh the idea you know because we're situated between heaven and earth in this practice we could also think that our intent to stretch goes all the way to the ceiling if you can focus on that putting the ceiling and all the way to the center of the earth all the way to the moon this kind of thing and that will help give that kind of expansive intent we want you encounter this in uh you encounter this in performance as well it's like this idea of like filling a stage with your presence it's not just it's not just like oh i'm holding my arms up or my legs out or i'm making a kind of body geometry i'm like gone beyond that to try and draw the audience in the next thing we need to do it has to be coupled with the least amount of tension in the body in the form of contraction as possible so this means we obviously need a certain degree of attention to maintain our balance but we don't want to be contracting hard we don't want to be squeezing our muscles hard squeezing our glutes we want to find the minimum amount of tension we need in the form of contraction and the biggest degree of kind of spreading out of the shape to fill the space and establish our verticality and this verticality, it's it will, you know, it takes some time to find, but it's very, very clear when you find it. It's a very clear sensation. And it's not something vague or ungeneral or anything like this. You will, when you hear it, or when you hear it, I hear it's actually a good thing. When you uh, hear into the body, this uh, a quality we would call ting or listening, you will feel it. And it's very clear. It's not an abstract thing. It's very like, okay, I can feel this stretch all over. It's on the back of the body. It's on the front. It kind of, when you get it to a kind of, when you get the minimum amount of tension with this, you will feel your skeleton. You will feel like the kind of, the periosteal fascia constricting around the skeleton slightly. And you'll have a very clear awareness of all your bones. Uh, 
So that's one of the clues. It will take a, a long-ish time of trying this out to find it. But that's what it will lead to. Uh, the next thing in the handstand is we don't want to fight for balance in the handstand. If you lose it, that's fine, no big deal. We are relying on the verticality and the structure to hold you still. Uh, I'd even say you can't balance the handstand consciously, but you have to stay on balance and let the corrections happen. It's this wu-wei. We are allowing our practice that we have fought for. We've done all our rebalance drills. We know our alignments. We know all the stuff we want. Now we are just in the pure doing. This is the Ziran. We are letting the natural of the handstand that you have trained become, go from a trained, constricted, commented, judged, correct practice to just something you do. You have to get out of the way of the body and let the natural balance you have trained and worked on emerge. Just ride the balance wave. Let the verticality and your positioning emerge. So our goal in this is now that we have set a structure and allowed a a form of Wu Wei or Ziran to come out, a form of naturalness, a trained naturalness come out, we want to find a moment of perfect immobility. Uh, What this means is like nothing is moving. And the first thing you want to do is Lock the eyes on a spot on the floor. And, you know, you could even mark a dot on the floor or have a piece of dirt, your favorite piece of dirt on your favorite handstand spot that you will then look at. And you will not move the eyes. You will try not to blink. You won't look from side to side. You won't look at your hands. You won't move the eyes around with the balance. They will stay still. Same time, your tongue, mouth, jaw, and face are also going to be still. It's easy enough to find this, and this will be infuse the rest of it. So with the tongue, you can put the tongue on top of the mouth, bottom of the mouth, back of the teeth, whatever you want. There's, I don't want to give too much rules here, but it, nothing wants to move. Literally nothing. And there will be a moment in, in this where you are not balancing the handstand, you are perfectly vertical and you will feel this moment it kind of clicks into place there's just like one moment it will only last a split second if we think about like we generally correct our hands in between one to five times a second so that means you could possibly have one second of doing this or you could possibly have you know a 20 a fifth of a second doing a 20 percent of a second doing it so it's a very short amount of time but it's very hard to do in practice. It's not easy. Well, it's happening all the time. This is the thing. We're kind of always rocking between the balance point. If we think of a pendulum swinging from side to side, there is a moment as the pendulum reaches the very end of its swing on one side and it comes perfectly still before it begins to swing back the other way. It's the exact same thing in handstand. It happens at one moment when the balance is altering from over to under balance or perfectly vertical in the middle. And at that moment, you're perfectly immobile as long as your your arms, as long as your uh, tongue, eyes, face is also still. 
So we're trying to find this perfect stillness. So we've done our first three steps. Find the verticality in the stretching. Once you really have a clear feeling of that, move on to the next thing. No fighting. Rely on the verticality and let the balance emerge. No commenting on that I'm losing it. No judging the shape. This is the other thing. With this idea of the verticality, we're not looking for an aesthetic of a handstand. We are not in this because if we're looking for an aesthetic and we feel we're not in the aesthetic, we are judging. And we want to get rid of the judging and we want to get rid of the commenting. And that's why I mean this practice will take a while because it's going to take a while to actually get used to doing it and you will need to correct it. But at the same time, you need to get away from the corrections, the judging and commenting and just do it. So the fourth step is kind of interesting where we are trying to balance the two systems, the peripheral attention and the focused attention. And what we're looking for is like, oh, yeah, we have the balance system. But what we need to do is because we are focusing to encompass the whole body, we want to think about that. If I start focusing on the whole body and then, oh, it's shifted in and then I'm focusing on my knees. Okay, we have shifted our focused attention from using our proof of awareness to move it onto our knees. So what we need to do is focus on our visual point, that point on the floor we've put, and use that for the focused attention and hold that still. Then we are maintaining this kind of using our sensations of the body as a stretch to basically experience the body in its totality without focusing in on a detail. Or the general kind of expanse. We could also think like, you know, we could think of a thing like an aura. Like that whole kind of egg shape around the body that we're holding onto. So we're trying to balance these. And it's very, it is very difficult. And it takes a while. And you might need to focus, focus, or you might need to try to hold the body, the peripheral awareness first. And just kind of let the kind of things emerge from it, but not focus on them or focus on holding the visual thing and just ignore the body completely until you kind of have a good balance of these then you can begin to combine them so it'll take a while there's sort of three steps in there find one find the other then find the conjunction of the two step five is we want to breed silently if we are completely immobile then hopefully there should be no sound coming in and out of the nose or mouth. The breathing should be smooth, relatively deep, without being forced or constrained. Uh, Breathing itself, as you know, will shift the balance of the handstand and kind of move you around and do all these things. So we're trying to do it as minimal as possible. We could also expand this and... We wanted to focus on the breathing, so the breathing will become the object of our focused attention. We could just pay attention to the stages of the breathing, the inhale, the retention, the pause between the reten- between the inhale. See, this is the kind of thing, when we get into technical breathing methods in Taoism, we have a lot of them. Uh, we have basically five stages to the breathing. We have the inhale, the retention at the end of the inhale, 
the stillness between the retention of the ex the start of the exhale and then the exhale and the same on the other side of the breathing. So we're looking to find that still point where we neither inhaling or exhaling, because that is the point where if we are perfectly vertical, we have our attention's balance between focused attention and peripheral attention. And the breathing point is that we have now fused the body. So these are the three treasures of Taoism, the body, the breathing, and the mind. Uh, Or Jing Qi and Shen, for those who know those terms, which are all the same thing, really. But different manifestations of it are different descriptions. Uh, We have made the body still. We have made the attention still. We have made the breathing still. And then... It's this idea, if they all, if you get lucky, they all coincide, there will be a moment of awareness contained in that, where everything, where you will be aware, and then the second go, oh, I have it, I commented on it, boom, comment gone. So it's kind of holding that without that commenting, judging, or dropping out of the balance of attentions. Then it goes... The nice thing on this practice is because we're using the breathing to kind of finish the practice, I suppose, it will, uh, yeah, it will, every time you take a breath and you, if you have your structure set first and your attention set, then every time you breathe will give you a chance of finding this state and experience in it. It's something that I'm not trying to describe because it's very, it's, it's actually kind of easy, well, it's easy to describe if you've experienced it, but because if I experience it, it will give you a lot of things to comment and talk and judge on. And then thing it will kind of, yeah, that's the thing. So my teacher, Serge Auger, always compares this kind of stuff to making a salad. And what he means by that is like a salad is a very simple dish to make. It is very... It's very simple. It's just chopped vegetables in a bowl with maybe a sauce. And what makes a nice salad is having good ingredients, having fresh vegetables, a nice sauce you made or you know got from a store that you like, and combining them in kind of the right proportions. And this is the idea that, like, if we had wilted vegetables and a sauce that was gone off, we don't have a nice salad. If we have fresh vegetables, we put them together and we have a very nice salad. So it's this idea that we're looking for in all these steps leading up is we want to make them and treat them as a whole step and then put them together into our salad. And once you have found this, uh, once you have found this state, it's kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things, how to describe the indescribable. It is a state of possibility. It is a state where time doesn't exist because time is a construction of the mental mind. It is a state of absolute stillness but at the same time, it is containing all. It's the easiest way to describe it. Uh, it will make no sense, and obviously I'm describing it now to give you loads of things to think and comment about. But at the same time, now basically we have a radio. We've built a radio that's capable of finding this state. And now we're trying to... Yeah, we're trying to... Uh, watch it basically and one of the things that the analogy i would use in this is we're trying to watch a bird hidden in the bush we're trying to creep up to it and the more of the steps we have you know we're hiding the bush we're trying to watch this bird we're doing our bird watching and the steps we have and the more combined they are 
the better the coverage we are and the less chance we'll be seen by this bird. And when we can have all the steps or if we lose one, we shake the bush and scare the bird off and you have to hide again and wait for it to return. And I like that analogy because it kind of gives a hint that it's kind of fleeting and it can be changing. So this kind of, will combining these steps and putting together, it will allow it to merge. Now that we have hopefully had a taste or uh, we've heard this thing by tuning our dialer, we've seen the bird in between our handstands, we're going to basically do the same steps. We're going to sit down however you want, nice and still, no fidgeting about, with our awarenesses, with our all our steps combined, and then see what happens. We're not going to try and do anything. We're just going to try and set up nicely and then see. See what's there. See if we can identify it. See if we could, I don't want to say hold it because we can't hold it, but see what's there between our thoughts, see what's there between our sensations, see what's there between the comments, the judgments, and everything else. So this is how I would suggest, and how I have done a lot in the past, of shifting to this idea of, uh, yes, basically transforming handstands to a technical meditation or awareness practice. I'm always hesitant to use meditation because... It kind of, it's a bit of a catch-all term and it means a bit of everything and there's a lot of practices all sort of pointing in the same direction but at the same time they're not all the same. So for this practice to work and how to work quite well is we need to have a balance between correcting and working on the details and then just doing it. So generally say, as I said, if you're doing this for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I would suggest that you would basically split the time up 50-50. You would have a section of your practice where you work on the steps individually. You try to do them as best you can. They will get deeper and richer the more and more you do them. And you will find more things you need to work on. And then on the other half of your practice, you just do it. You let go of all the correcting. You let go of all the technical stuff, the critique, the judgments, the planning, all of this. You just let go of it and you just do the practice. When you feel you're ready to do a handstand, do a handstand. Do, perform, put, do the steps as best you can, but at the same time, try not to try not to go, okay, now I'm doing step one. Now I'm doing step two. Step two, complete. Now I will do step three. Uh, once you be able to get better at the steps, once you kind of have done them more and more, then you will be able to just do them, and then it will allow the state to emerge. Uh, this is, yeah, so this is kind of a way of transforming your handstand practice into a vehicle for an awareness or meditative practice. As some of you have probably experienced, like when you get into the handstand, you've probably had a taste of this state already. You've probably had some experiences, and this is one of the things that's kind of addicting on handstands, is there's kind of the flow state, which would be occurs when you're just doing it. And that's also one of the things we're looking at. And it's that kind of, uh, it is this kind of a form of samahari. I don't want to use too much technical terms and don't, you know, but that would be a state of it. And, you know, you hear a lot of athletes would experience the states or tattooists as well, oddly enough, obviously, because that'd be very focused. And it is that state 
that we we're looking for, where you're perfectly doing the thing, perfectly balanced. There's no interference from the mental mind or the mental creations. And that's what we're looking for. So, yeah, I think I've covered most of the steps. And it's, it is an interesting practice. And I guarantee that it will give a lot. Obviously, as I said, you need to be able to hold a handstand for some time. But at the same time, it can happen anywhere. Like you could try this against the wall. You could try it in a less balanced state. There's no reason why it can't because the state we're looking for, the state of mind we're looking for, is not dependent on form in some ways. It's not, it doesn't, you know, it. meditation and all these things is the state of mind we're looking for. It doesn't rely on wearing the right clothes and other stuff. But at the same time, we can cancel the noise out as much as possible. And that's what this practice is. It's a form of noise cancelling to let the state be, you know, turning the lights off the room so the candlelight is more attractive. That kind of idea. So other than that, I am going to wrap up the podcast here. If you have any questions or anything about this, you know, it's uh, sort of more my sort of zone, so you can DM them to me on Instagram. Uh, I'd suggest just doing it, basically like everything. Just do it and then try it out. Other than that, uh, I've been Emmett Lewis. I'll be joined next week by Mikhail, and we'll get the full rundown of his show. Uh, I'm going to try and abduct some of the his co-show people and try to get them on. It would be awesome. I can't promise that's going to happen because everyone's super busy. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I'm looking forward to having Mikhail back and hearing how the show went from uh, destruction to repair to desperation to, oh, shit, we're on stage now. Uh, other than that... Uh, I've been Emmett Lewis, uh, this has been the Handstand Cast, and enjoy. The Handstand Cast is brought to you by Handstand Factory, and is produced by Motion Impulse. Thanks for tuning in. You can find a full transcript of each episode, along with the show notes, and any relevant references on handstandfactory.com slash podcast. Thanks to Isaac for editing, and Jordan for transcriptions. Music by Daniel Horworth. If you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com or consider starting one of our Handstand Factory online programs. Links are in the show notes.